Welcome to Worker Movement, a podcast dedicated to the working class, a podcast dedicated to raising class consciousness. This podcast is for you, for us, for the worker. The recent cancellation of fall football by the Big Ten and Pac-12 have major labor ramifications and need to be discussed. But first, Joe Biden announced that former prosecutor Kamala Harris is his vice president. Quick thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, who gives a shit? All right. We talked on a previous episode about how NBA players should decertify their union and create a player-owned league. The landscape of the NCAA might actually be heading in this direction. So today, the Big Ten and the Big 12 and a number of other smaller conferences like the Mid-Atlantic Conference, I think, the MAC, I might have that acronym wrong, but who cares, uh, announced that they were canceling the fall football season on Tuesday with the intent of resuming in the spring if medical conditions surrounding COVID-19 improve. What does that mean? This means that they are the first two in the Power Five uh, to cancel. Uh, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 have yet to make a cancellation decision, but they seem pretty uh, motivated by, uh, as Mr. Krabs says, money uh, to go through with the season regardless of the risks. Huh. So uh, I have a question about these conferences because I, I follow football as much as anybody doesn't follow football. Um, where are, let's say, the Big Ten, that's a Midwest conference, right? Midwest, Northeast. Okay, where's Pac-12 at? We have the Pacific, so it's Oregon, Washington, California, Arizona, Colorado. Now, would you say these schools are located in more liberal states or less liberal states? Uh, It's probably a mix. Um, Probably half red, half blue. I mean, so you have Utah in the Pac-12. You have Arizona, that's a red state. Uh. The Pac-12 is probably more blue states than red states, but um, look at the Big Ten. You have uh, Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Those are all red states as of the last election. I can't understand why anybody would want to go see football, like in, in a packed audience, in person. I mean, it's a cool event. I've been to, and I won't give away where I'm at, multiple university football games, and it's really cool. but if I have to sit next to some assholes who are sloshing beer on me with their masks down, coughing and shitting on each other, I don't think I want to do that. You, you say that like anybody in the stadium is going to be wearing a mask. That's true. Right? They're all going to be eating hot dogs. And if you're eating, you don't have to wear a mask. Right. And if you're eating the whole game, then you don't have to wear a mask during the game. That's right. One piece of popcorn at a time, baby. The Big Ten and the Big 12 kind of largely based their decision off of a perceived health complication about keeping students safe, players safe, however you want to frame it, their kind of posturing was that this is about player safety. It's about well-being. It's about their medical outcomes. Um, from a public policy, it's you know the right posturing. Uh, these other conferences are kind of also saying, well, we believe that we can play and keep the players safe. And... Uh, So it's not even really about the fans in the stands. But at some point it is because that's where the money is. And this is all about the money. I haven't thought about this topic a ton until like right now. And I I have a couple paths to go down. One, uh, I don't know what the ops costs or operational costs are for keeping something alive versus mothballing it. So 
if you don't have stands or fans coming to the stands, <laughs> uh, you don't have to pay people to you know have food and those type of things. So you end you end up getting rid of your labor costs and any cost of expanding the the boxes and any of the costs associated with maintenance. But then you don't have any operational money coming in profit wise, and you don't have any TV revenue coming in. So I guess I don't really know what the balance is because you could fire the head coach and he's on a $3 million, $10 million a year contract, whatever the, you know, the person's on and you could probably cut all scholarships for the year. It wouldn't matter. Um, it's not like the players are going to go anywhere. Right. What other league are they going to go play in? Right. So again, I don't know whether or not it's based on financials or based on public health or perceived public health. Cause I would, I would, I would argue that they probably would get the best TV ratings of their lifetime having organized sports on TV during a time which organized sports are kind of delayed. Yeah, this is almost entirely about TV revenue. Um, I mean, obviously, some of these huge, large stadiums, they've taken a significant kind of singular game day hall. But if you're any one of these conferences, you can't have uh, 100,000 people in the stands. So, like, that's it's not even, like, part of the calculus or the consideration of continuing the season. So I think it's almost entirely predicated on TV viewership and I think you're totally right in that this is going to be probably the biggest ratings for college football yeah I I don't even know like like assuming that the entire team doesn't get sick and die and um that's a big assumption I don't know how the how like the SEC ACC uh, the other 12, whatever that one is called, are going to be able to maintain any type of, of team play because you, you look at baseball. I mean, they, the players go out and they get they get sick and cough on each other during the game and all, like half the fucking baseball league is sick. Like I, I don't know how you're going to end up with a sports team like not getting sick to keep playing. I, I don't even understand it. Yeah, so the baseball, uh, Major League Baseball is a good example. The Marlins went and got sick, and then a couple of games had to be canceled. The Cardinals went and got sick, a bunch of games had to be canceled. But at the end of the day, professional baseball has professional baseball players, whereas college, you know, it's supposed to be about the student-athlete and the academic, you know, pursuits and making the world a better place through scholastic achievement. That's all bullshit. It's all exploitation. They exploit people that are desperate to get quote-unquote, in education, but are maximum more desperate to use their physical abilities to get to the next level. If you're the SEC, the ACC, or the Big 12, uh, you're just exploiting players at this point. But has your gravy train ended? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, cause if, what if high school football doesn't play this year? So now you have your entire stacking of next year's players are going to be sitting on the bench not doing anything, which is actually pretty cool because um, – fuck college sports because they take away from academics and actual real financing. So this actually from a point of view of public like education is actually not potentially bad, but for the players who have spent their entire lives being told that if they do well, they'll make it big and has spent their entire lives, not, you know, going at, at their academics, but going after the physical portion of it, this is actually a pretty big blow to the players. And that's why you're seeing tweets from some of the higher, I hate the word tweets, some of the messaging from the um, better playing people um, asking to play because they have no future if they don't play, right? 
if you're assuming that you're going to make half a million dollars a year just in a practice squad and you're going to get sixth round draft pick or seventh round draft pick, you want to play because you want to get picked up by a team. But that's only for people who are going to be drafted. Everybody else is supporting cast. The people who are playing for the academics and playing for fun would rather probably just go to class and not worry about getting sick and dying. I mean, there are people who want to play the game and play, but I, I don't know. I mean, if I if I was on a men's or you know softball league right now, I wouldn't want to play because I wouldn't want to get sick because I'm playing for the sport and having fun. I guess playing softball. And the vast majority of athletes at these power five uh, conferences, football teams, you know, even basketball, the other sports, because those were canceled too. Um, while they do have professional prospects, it's not like every single one of these players is going pro. Um, I don't know what the exact yep. percentage is, but I'd guess that it's under 5% go pro. So you're asking about what the stats are of people who go pro. So I'm, I just Googled real quick percentage of players that go pro. It says high school seniors, uh, senior players who go on to play NCAA football is about 1 in 17 or 6%, 5.8%. That means that all the good kids on your team, the three or four good players, are going to go on to the you know higher level to go play men's football. And then if you look at NCAA that are drafted, about 1 in 50, so it's only 2%. And if you look at the entire chain, which is the – amount of players that started playing in uh, high school and going on to the pros, it's 0.09%. So there you go. People that are playing football, not really going to go on and make their living being professional. So one player out of all of the players that play on any given team will turn pro and collect a paycheck. Everybody else will have to, you know, have a career in something else. Yeah. So one in one in 10,000 high school athletes go on. I mean, next time you're watching professional football or looking at high school football, I mean, just know that very rare you're going to get there. So uh, it's really important to know that you're not going to play professional football. And this year looks bleak. So it could be one of those things where the whole league is destroyed. So let's pivot back to the public health part of it. I don't understand why they're still allowed to play. I don't understand why Indiana and Georgia and other states are allowing kids to go back to school at the high school level. I don't understand why colleges haven't adopted purely remote learning. I guess what it comes down to is that us on this podcast, we do not support you know the exercises of capitalism to exploit any worker at any point in time. And the idea that you're going to take these young players and you're going to exploit them, because we all know that young people make poor decisions all the time. Uh, because they, they always overestimate the benefits, underestimate the, the suffering. So we have to make sure that we give the best guidance we can. And, and for us, the opinion would be to not play any sports and to kill the actual idea of playing college football for the year. The NCAA teams and the conferences, they have a little bit of risk here in that if the players sort of band together and figure out that they're being exploited, they could just not play. And then the entire like yep. dog and pony show of exploitation and the high school pipeline and the potential future earnings and all the lost TV revenue basically destroys the college sports kind of financial market, which is, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's at least in the millions of dollars in terms of TV contracts and merchandising and ticket sales and all that. And so there's a situation where the, the players in these three conferences 
have a lot of labor negotiating kind of power right now. And I mean, we just talked about that they do have some incentives to continue playing because there's a potential paycheck at the end of the day if you turn pro. But, yep. you know, some very, very small percentage of these people are ever actually going to see that. So they might not be incentivized by the this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow because it's statistically not going to be there and might say, I'm just not going to play this year. And that's fine. Like, I like playing, but I'm not going to risk my life. And yep. regardless of kind of what these conferences decide, what the NCA decides, what anybody else decides, the players kind of have it in their power to blow the whole NCAA uh, student athlete, a really exploited worker uh, kind of game away. You know, and we've seen some like interesting things because in April, it looks like that, you know, they, they actually said potentially that it's okay to pay student athletes. Yep. And, and the question will be is whether or not the the players are able to form a players union if they are being paid. And if that's the case, just like you have graduate student teacher unions um, that that force certain requirements on, like you know your uh, graduate, you know I guess education, if they can force same requirements on the schools like safety or time to actually do homework and not doing it on the bus on the drive to the game or time that, you know, they actually go to class and not just have a tutor do homework for them. You know, we know lots of student athletes who play at big schools and we could tell you all types of crazy stories about how they get tutors and people do tests for them and, and basically cheat the system because it's more important that the students play so we can exploit their labor than it is for them to be educated. And it's really, really sort of a sad institution when you think about how these players spend all their time trying to make it pro. And then with the weight of the world crashing down on them, they don't have the ability to play right now. So I know from their point of view, they're stressing because how are they going to get to the next level? How have they spent, you know, 17 years preparing for this day and then not getting drafted? Yeah, and there's there's some risk of these these three conferences if they do decide to push forward and play, of the players kind of blowing it all up. So, yep. you know, it might be the better thing from the perspective of perpetuating the kind of money fairy to just cancel this season so that the players don't understand that they have this power to unilaterally kind of dictate terms. I don't know. I don't know if the ACC or the SEC or the big 12 are going to kind of buy into that because they're, they're very much focused on money. Yep. All day long. And they're going to fight tooth and nail to prevent the players from having any power because you can never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever vote away capital power. They will do things like break the, try to break the union, try to fire players, to try to get rid of all of their scholarships. It'll be a very interesting thing if once the players figure out that they actually have all the power, not the universities. And we could find out this week if the other if the other conferences decide to bail. You're not going to see any great kind of labor organization by the players. It will have been kind of preemptively neutered, I guess, just through good political strategy, I guess. But it also results in the the optimal outcome, which is the players aren't actually exposed to COVID, uh, because no amount of money is worth like a bunch of college kids dying because they want to play a game. Yeah, yeah, and because being you know not forced into playing it, but tricked into playing it. I shouldn't say tricked. I should say that they're, gonna, they're always going to force themselves to play because they're always going to over you know 
you're always going to want to play the game for the sake of the game and they will take the risk and we need it's in everybody's best interest to keep the players safe not because we care about the football because we care about the players for future episodes and to learn more about the worker movement join us at workermovement.com